You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin, and also the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic. Um, I'm trying to think where, you, Frank, you're actually in the state, so I was going to go with wherever you're. Mequon, uh, also uh, the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic. Mequon, uh, very happy to actually be represented there. Frank doing the heavy lifting on that one. Uh, Frank. How are you doing, buddy? Well, I uh, I had my maiden voyage to Pfizer Forum today. Uh, there was a, a, a gathering of uh, various uh, Bucks Twitter notables led by... Uh, the OGs. It was, a, it was an OG gang. Yeah, a lot of OGs. I saw some of our OG blog bros before the game. You and Jeremy Schmidt and Alex Boder. Uh, Gabe Stoltz is really not an OG um, Correct. Gabe's too young to be an OG, but he's an, a new ga- a new gangster. Um, <laughs> I saw you guys before the game, and then you guys all scattered to uh, to actually go cover the game, except Jeremy, who is just blissfully not involved in basketball anymore. Shout out to Jeremy, who's not listening to this. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a bunch of uh, uh, old friends from <coughs> Bucks Twitter who went to the game today, led by uh, our friend Ben Thompson, who kind of or was the ringleader. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of folks who I hadn't met, uh, previously, uh, that I got to meet, uh, in person for the first time, including a, a Ben and, uh, uh, Shafty bro was there, AKA Mike, Mike does have a real name. Uh, our friend, Brett Abramchik, who we have met in person, uh, Brett was there. Um, uh, Al- I don't even know what Alex's last name is, but, um, Alex, who only tweets about the bucks and Kansas city sports, uh, I had to talk to him about the crappiness of the Kansas City airport, which is the worst place ever. And don't ever fly through Kansas City. Hashtag, by the way. Um, Why don't you like it? I flew through it on Friday, and it's like, a, it, I can't even go into it. It's like it's the worst, like laid out, designed airport. Like there's half the, like I I, I thought I, I was so confused by the lack of things at the gate that I accidentally went out of security. Um, cause like half the, half the concourse is split between gates and like outside of security. So like the functional yeah. area at the gates is like zero. And in the Southwest area, the only walkways also have the, like the Southwest lineup areas. So there's literally no place to walk when people are lining up. It's like, I don't know. I've never been in such a poorly laid out airport. Um, but I guess you've, you've flown in there more than a time or two, I'm guessing. I've um, many times when I was in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so screw the Kansas City airport. Um, not how we got on it. Not sure how we got on that. But um, but yeah, there were uh, uh, a bunch of folks. Uh, Locked on Bucks listener, Kyle Weatherly. Shout out to Kyle. Uh, Kyle is not a Bucks Twitter person, but Kyle is a normal human person that I know and uh, got to hang out with him. And uh, so it was just a lot of, uh, 
I'm, I'm definitely forgetting. I'm, I'm like going to kick myself cause I'm sure I'm forgetting people. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I mean, my first trip to the Pfizer forum. So we were in a, in like one of the club level club things, club suite things, um, kind of in the end zone. So, you know, it wasn't like a normal kind of basketball game experience. Cause you're not like in the crowd, you know, kind of like you normally would be. Um, but it was good. Cause like when Giannis had that crazy dunk on Costa Kufos, I was standing up so I could like run around and high five people. And I wasn't constrained being like in my seat or anything like that. Um, and it felt like it was a better, like safer space for like screaming when Giannis missed two free throws at the end of the game. That didn't really matter. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I did do a, I did a walk around, um, of the like main concourse, like in late in the fourth quarter when it was a blowout, uh, which is nice. That the Bucks do that now. You can just kind of, you know, go for a stroll <laughs> from, from the game, but yeah. there are TVs everywhere. So you're really not missing anything. I was listening to Ted Davis while I was in the bathroom. Uh, shout out to Ted. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's obviously, I mean, I'm not going to lay any kind of new, breaking new ground here. I mean, it's, uh, it's an incredible space. Like it, you know, it's just bright. I mean, even on a rainy day, like it's bright, it feels very positive, open. Um, you know, the fact that you can see the court from the concourses and, um, it's just, uh, it's obviously a huge departure from, from the Bradley center. I didn't get to sample much food, uh, or any real food from the concourses. So I can't really, uh, you know, offer any judgment on that, but, um, hopefully in December when I'm back, I'll have a, a chance to do that. So, um, to see like a, you know, really like good crowd on a Sunday afternoon and the Bucks just do kind of what the Bucks do. I mean, like, you know, we're now nine games in and they really just completely take apart the Kings 144 to 109. I mean, you know, like the Bucks just scored 144 points and we're like, yeah, yeah, we're not shocked. Like there's no, there's no like emergency podcast have to record immediately after the game to talk about how crazy that was type thing. You know, they had an offensive rating of 131, which is crazy. A defensive rating of 99, which is great, but up really kind of their, their standard now. <laughs> so, um, and Giannis had a triple double in three quarters and, you know, like they hit 22, three pointers, which is a team record. And, oh yeah, you know, that's just, that's just something the Bucks do now. And so I, I think, um, it was awesome to see that, um, you know, in person. Cause I was, you know, back on my mind, I was like, kind of like paranoid. Like, is there some way they could like blow this game? because I'm in the building, you know, not, not because I had any doubts in them being able to beat the Sacramento Kings. Cause even though the Kings have won five straight, like the Kings don't scare me or shouldn't scare anyone. But, um, the fact that this just seems to be the new normal and especially getting a, a great kind of send off win like this, um, you know, heading out on a four game road trip. I mean, you know, again, just, it's just remarkable how few, even quarters like the bucks have had this year where it's just like, Oh, that was a bad quarter. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, like yeah. maybe the third or fourth quarter against Charlotte, third quarter against the Knicks. Obviously, Boston had like, you know, more wobbles than pretty much any other game because it's the only game they've lost. But, uh, you know, and maybe the first quarter against Philly, right? I mean, but it's just remarkable how consistently this team has just played at a high level and just consistently like been able to just, you know, just overwhelm teams. And and that's just obviously kind of new new territory for us. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting. Like every time, either you know, like you're on the road or uh, like new writers or people come in and are like just kind of watching the game, and like there's always a moment, or at least this year, there's always been a moment during that game where like 
someone who is like getting to see them like for the first time, like just like kind of looks at you and I'm talking about myself and like, they'll, they'll like look at me and they'll be like, just wait, are they, are they really this good? And I pretty much always have to be like, yep, they are. God. I, it, to me, it's not shocking anymore, but yeah, like they are this good. <laughs> I, and then there's always follow-up questions like, can coaching really make this big of a difference? Like I, I, I never really thought that in the NBA or, you know, like uh, were they really doing that many things wrong last year? Like all this stuff. And it's just like, yep, yep. And yep. Uh, all of those things are accurate. Like it, it, it is, be, it, it's just such a drastic change. And, you know, we were, uh, I was talking to Alex Boulder after the game and him and I were talking like, just think how many times in the last two years the this Bucks team has played a crappy team and you knew they were crappy and yet like they needed like a superhuman performance from Giannis where it would just be like, oh man, the only way they're wearing this is if Giannis goes for 40 and then like somehow he would miraculously do it and like block a couple shots at the end. And it's just like this Bucks team doesn't do that with bad teams anymore. Um, and again, nine games in, so maybe we'll be wrong here, but it just, you know, they've cleaned up their shot profile to such an extent that they're taking good shots. They're taking the best shots and, uh, you know, like they defensively are forcing teams to do, uh, the exact opposite. They're trying to get them to take the, the worst shots possible. And I, Giannis is obviously great and just everyone has, is just improved on what they were doing last year. And then you add Brooke Lopez and or sending this over. And it's just like, yeah, this is a really good basketball team. Like it, that, uh, that's not changing at all. And it, it's just kind of, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting to, to think about this game because like uh, Chris Middleton, like didn't play very well. He had those three threes in I think the second quarter it was. Uh, and I tweeted something out about, you know, how easy these looks are for three for him and then he proceeded not to make another three the rest of the game and uh brooke lopez was two of nine from three and didn't really matter like none of none of that mattered today because everyone was contributing and Giannis was able to get 26 on 11 shots and also get 11 assists and get 15 rebounds and i mean it it it's the word that like Giannis has been using a lot, but it's just like easy. And that's kind of what it is uh, for the bucks right now. And I mean, I, I, I th- you said something about like, is about today's game specifically, like, will they find a way to screw it up just because I'm in town? And like, I, I also like think through bucks fans in general, like I-, I would assume there has to be like some feeling through nine games of, like it can't be this easy, yeah. right? Like they can't just be they can't just be good now, right? Like th- they're going to screw this up at some point. Like something's going to go wrong. Like there's no way that, that that this can just work. And I mean, I, until I see otherwise, it's like yeah, they're just a good team. Like they're a really good basketball team at the moment, and that is a, obviously a strange thing to say, unfamiliar territory. But I think it's undeniably the truth. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're hinting at kind of the probably the biggest 
struggle for Bucks fans right now is just trying to figure out how to contextualize what we're seeing, right? And, um, you know, we talked yeah. about kind of the last week, the trick-or-treat exercise where we talked about, like, what, what was real and what was not. And, you know, I mean, again, like, it's not to say the Bucks are going to finish the season. I think their like net differential right now is like plus fourteen point six, which is the highest in the league and would be the biggest all of all time. You know, if it continued. I mean, it, look, it, it's not that we're saying that like the exact numbers are going to just continue at their current rates for the entire season. Um, but that's very different from saying that you know, like right now, I think they're now up to. I believe it mean, depends where you look, right? But I think they're roughly like third in offense and second in defense. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see any fundamental reason why they can't sustain those rankings, right? Like maybe they will come back to, you know, and again, like kind of what we were talking about last week, like early in the season, you'd expect the the range from worst to best to be a bit wider, you know, and that there'd be mean regression kind of from both sides over the course of a full season. Um, so for sure. Right. And I mean, we saw like a week ago before the Celtics game, we talked about how their opponent three point defense was like too good to be true. But that doesn't mean that their like defense can't be yep. the second best defense, right? Like, I'm not necessarily I'm gonna, like not, not that I'm necessarily going to bet on that. And certainly, this upcoming road trip is like a good test um, because they're going to face the Warriors, who are kind of the ultimate, you know, yeah, they're they're going to test your your net rating and your defensive rating and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so th- this comes at kind of at a good time because I think it, you know they've obviously had a home heavy schedule. So this will kind of balance out the road home splits um, and probably give us a much, you know, kind of truer sense of like, okay, well, like, you know, you got to play 82 games, have them on the road. You're going to have to play some better teams. Some, you know, Bucks haven't necessarily played a lot of good teams um, or at least like kind of full strength teams. Cause I mean, they have played the presumptive top three in the East so far. Right. And they're two and one against Philly, Toronto and, uh, and Boston. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, our friend Matt Moore from Hardwood Paroxysm tweeted out that, uh, you know, the Bucks are the only team in the league that entered today top five in both offense and defense. And, you know, we talked about at the end of the year how there was no reason to think they can't be top 10 in both those categories. And now, you know, you kind of watch them and you kind of think like, well, you know, especially if they over time kind of figure out like, you know, a second pitch, like a change up type option for when they're playing teams that have stretch fives, like in the pick and roll and things like that. I mean, why can't they be a top five defense, right? I think top five offense, we obviously were, were sold on that. We talked about, you know, you, what were you talking Did you make three or four of the over-under, I think, coming into the yeah. season, something like that? Yeah. Um, so I think we were both aligned that they had every chance to be that. Um, and, and offense is a little bit tougher, too, because, like, everybody sort of is scoring at a little bit higher level right now. So, um, so even if teams are improved, like, relatively speaking, you know, it says a lot if you're top five right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they can stay, you know, knock on wood, like if their key guys can kind of stay healthy, um, again, I don't see why they can't do this. You know, it's not, they're not going to win necessarily 90% of their games for the entire season. Um, but can they kind of continue to be playing at a super high level? I think they have the ability to do that. Right. And that's, that's an, I mean, as much as we thought, as much as we were, you know, hashtag team 50 wins coming into the season, um, you know, what we're talking about you're talking about being top five in offense and defense. I mean, you're, you're talking about more than 50 wins. Like you're, you're talking elite type levels. And so again, that that's kind of where you almost get nervous, right? Like, do you even dare talk about it? Because you know, could, what's going to go wrong? Giannis gets hurt, something like that. But, um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, the way they're playing, they're just, they're playing the right way, you know? And I, it, it's just, it's very refreshing to feel like, you know, finally we're not trying to judge this team on a curve, right? Which is what we've kind of been doing the last couple of years. Like, well, if they had a coherent offense, if they didn't have <laughs> a defense that didn't make any sense, you know, like we don't have to play that game. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really fun thing. And, you know, you end up watching just a lot of games like today where, um, you know, the other team just really just doesn't have a chance. And, um, you know, I, I can't remember feeling this way since I was in college during the big three 52 win season, right? Where it was just like, and, and really the beginning of that following year when they started really well too, um, yep. where they just like, yeah, they would just go on the road and just, they tended to win games and home. They would just, you know, beat up bad teams and be able to beat good teams and, um, you know, long way to go. But, um, as we said, I mean, you can't really expect much more out of this team. And again, like the Kings aren't, aren't great. They're young, plucky. Um, but you couldn't really expect the Bucks to do a, a whole lot more than what we saw. Again, like some guys had colder games than others, but you know, you put up 144. Um, yeah, that's probably about as well as you're going to do, you know, against any NBA team, even if it's a young Kings team. I think one thing that I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I'm, I'm struggling with, but like just kind of the idea that, you know, when you, so when things go well, like, you know, you're always looking for qualifiers like, oh, well, you know, it's only been against bad teams or it's been home heavy or, or whatever it may be. And we say that, and that's kind of like a way to help protect ourselves from, thinking about that team, like this team in, in that way that you're talking about as a super elite team. But I think it is also important to realize that, you know, like some of these Celtics teams in the last little while, like they've kind of compiled their like big win totals by just beating shitty teams. Like it, you can, yeah. you can put together a 50 win season by being excellent against shitty teams and then being like, nah, okay against good teams and like i mean that is that is a, a part of accruing wins so whether or not these teams they've been playing have been great or not like you know good teams don't don't fuck around with bad teams like they don't play with their food like they don't sit yeah. there and like try to figure out how we're going to beat them they they don't let crummy guys go off and you know keep them in games like Justin Jackson had 22 points today and like it didn't matter like I, I, if i would like i if i didn't tell you that you would have had no idea that he had 22 points today because it didn't matter cuz the bucks were killing them to such an extent like in the past you know the bucks instead of shooting 56 threes shoot 26 threes and try to get into the lane and then all of a sudden Justin Jackson's career performance like matters and <laughs> like that's just not that's not the case with this Bucks team. So, uh, like, I, I'm totally with you that, you know, like, you do want to keep things kind of in perspective. And uh, obviously, this road trip is going to be a really good test for them because not only do they have the Warriors, like, they have a team in the Trailblazers that can do some of the things that can hurt this Bucks defense, where, you know, we've, we've talked about how Kemba Walker really hurt them in game one because he was able to turn them going over screens and trying to push them into the mid range into threes. Well, Damian Lillard couldn't do a lot of that as well. CJ McCollum can do some of that too. So that'll be a good test. Uh, you, you look at where they ended in Denver. Jokic has killed the bucks. 
like just killed them. Uh, he had one of the more impressive triple doubles I think I've ever seen last year with 17 assists, 18 assists. I can't remember what the number was. Yeah, 10 uh, at halftime. I do remember that. Yeah. And he just, he killed them. Like they didn't have an answer for him. So again, like that's a very different test, but it is a test nonetheless. And like, I think all those things, you know, are, are good to think about and, you know, good to keep in mind, but also the Bucks have been taking care of business. And that is something that good teams do. And it doesn't matter if the, the team that you beat is crummy, like you beat them and you beat them handily. And to me, that's been kind of a big takeaway uh, from these last couple last couple weeks is just like they're not playing they're they're not playing around with these crummy teams like they're just beating them handily and they're largely beating them handily just because of the shots that they're taking and the shots that they're forcing the other team to take like that that is sustainable (laughs) like if if it would have been you know two weeks of Giannis going for 40 a night like it'd be like okay well you know that's that's not gonna happen like that's not gonna work um but that it hasn't been, or if I don't even know, I'm, I'm trying to think of other ri- ridiculous things. Like this isn't the Orlando magic starting six and one last year because Aaron Gordon was shooting 60% from yeah. three. Like that's not what this Bucks team is. Like this is a real basketball team. So I do think that it is important to, to kind of think about those things. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game specifically. Um, Giannis second triple double of the season uh 11th of his career 12th i'm trying i'm bad with it i never remember where he's at um but somewhere in there 10 to 12 somewhere in there i believe he is uh for career triple doubles over under in vegas two and a half at the year at the start of the year so uh yeah uh, we pounded the over i couldn't believe that number <laughs> i mean that come on it's ridiculous so with Giannis, 26 15 11 for him today and i, I guess just think it, he does it on 11 shots gets to the line 12 times uh hits a three as well and i guess i asked him about this po- I, well actually let's start with the costa kufas dunk um it was ridiculous um I, i've again uh, if if you are a longtime listener of the podcast you know that last year i ranked Giannis's dunks and people were mad that I didn't put the Tim Hardaway dunk higher because I think it was a happy accident. And yes, the happy accident was him jumping over a, a six foot six person, which I understand is incredible. Um, but one of my categories was intent to maim. If, if, if dunk has an intent to maim, I need I need that to be a prevalent part of the dunk. And that was all over that Costa Kufa stunk. He wanted to hurt that man. And he did. And <laughs> somehow he managed to dunk it. And post game was kind of hilarious because, uh, you know, someone asked him like where he had ranked that. And he said, Oh, you know, like not very high. Costa's my guy. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it up that high and all this stuff. And then I was like, you know, do you, do you feel kind of guilty dunking on your own countrymen? And his response was just hilarious because uh, he said, uh, let me see. Uh, definitely. He's a great guy. Like, like he's a great guy. I've met his family. I've met his mother. It's going to be kind of awkward when we go back to Greece and talk again, but you got to do what you got to do. And I mean, like it, it just a perfect response and just hilarious because you know like <laughs> just, 
It was ridiculous. It was a totally ridiculous dunk, and that was one of eight Giannis highlights on the day. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. You want to talk about the dunk and other things that you enjoyed about watching Giannis in person? Yeah, I was glad I was not seated uh, when that dunk happened because that was uh, that was definitely a dunk worth jumping around the room, um, high fiving people over. That that was. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, Giannis was incredible. He's had a lot of, you know, inefficient games. He still had a lot of turnovers today. Um, five turnovers. By the way, I, I didn't realize until today, until today, he had a kind of questionable put back dunk, uh, ruled for gold, 10 gold, uh, basket interference. That counts as a turnover. I didn't realize that, but I guess it makes sense because it's not a shot for the other guy. Um, Huh. Which I, I hate that rule, but I I would be happy with the FIBA rule. I was talking to some people about it today, and I think the argument is like they they're like too athletic <laughs> that like you wouldn't want them being able to go up and take the ball off the rim legally. Um, sure. But I don't know. I find the judgment involved is kind of annoying and stupid, um, and it kind of punishes like you know athletic plays, right? But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean he had just a number of plays today where. Uh, even guys, I mean, Kosakuva is obviously like is is <laughs> not does not have the foot speed to keep up with Giannis. So you know, in that play, like you know, he kind of weaves around a pick, and I mean, the the ball handling move to get to that was really impressive. Um, it was not just like a straight line drive, uh, but then he had other plays where you know, even Willie Colley Stein, who's a very like tall, athletic, you know, well moving big man, um, couldn't just couldn't keep up with him. You know, I mean, this was a game where. It was great to see Giannis just pull up and bury a three, um, you know, in the second half after he had kind of gotten all his other numbers. Um, that was his last basket of the game. Um, but, uh, I mean, watching this game was just a really good reminder that, like, I mean, he doesn't need a jump shot. <laughs> he, he hit one fadeaway. Um, but, I mean, with the floor spread uh, and, you know, especially with how teams so often switch now, you know, they can – you know, if he can kill Willie Colley Stein and then they're switching half the other times, like teams just don't don't have a choice unless they just completely collapse, you know? And this was just like a force of nature game for you. This was a game where you just watch him and you're just like, Yep, nobody else can do that, you know? Nobody else could have gotten half the shots he was getting to and, you know, drawing fouls and um they they just I mean that's it's just not fair, you know, watching him do what he did today and uh, you know, another fifteen rebound game. And, you know, his, his playmaking 10, 10 assists for three pointers, five of those for corner threes. Um, he definitely was looking for, for assists in the second half to, to get the triple double. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's actually the whole point of the Bucks offense. So like, I, I hesitate to call it like hunting a triple double cause he's pretty much just executing the offense perfectly and just whipping balls into corners for guys to take shots that they should be taking. So it's actually like, in, in, in the Jason Kidd area, that would have definitely been hunting because, like, you know, you're supposed to take a lot of time to do anything and then, you know, run some really boring stuff and, you know, eventually take a while to get a shot. Whereas, you know, now it's like just, hey, you know, <laughs> what was it in the uh, – I think he already had his 10th assist. I believe he got his ninth and 10th assist on Tony Snell threes, the second four-point play opportunity. Um, tenth and- one was uh, Tenth one was Connaughton at the end of the third quarter. Oh, that was the end of the... Okay. Yeah, so that that play was interesting because I think there was 5.8 seconds left and um, I believe they had done an offense-defense substitution with him because they were trying to protect his fouls, I think. And 
I think he came back in with like 5.8 left or something like that. And they, DiVincenzo and Connaughton, you know, imagine those blue squares in the corners, you know, as the free throws are being shot, they just go down and they're just literally standing in the corners. And sure enough, give the ball to Giannis. He drives, you know, whatever, 40 feet or something, whips a ball into the corner for Connaughton. He buries the three. I mean, it was, you know, kind of a beautiful, um, a beautiful sort of symbol of what the Bucks are about. And, uh, you know, I think for the Kings, like the Kings have done, obviously have been kind of a really nice story here. Um, but like when you think about how the Kings have been playing, they play fast. Okay, great. <laughs> play fast. Like the Bucks will play fast. Uh, and, you know, Fox has been really good. But it's like, you know, Fox is not Kemba Walker pulling up. Um, when you go over screens, hit three pointers, right? That's not his game. He did hit a few threes today, but um, you know he's not going to hit eight three pointers or something like that. And uh, when you think about kind of the way he plays, like, yeah, like you knew, like if he wants to shoot mid range shots, like he's going to get that. And we saw a lot of, especially Buddy Heald took a lot of like mid range shots, and Heald played pretty well, had a good stat line. But you know, what did the they hit like fourteen out of thirty six threes? Hey, that would have been really good two years ago, but um, you know. <laughs> now like against a Bucks team that just went out and bombs 22 out of 56 like you know you're you lost tw- you know you had a good shooting night from three and you were minus 24 from, the, from three so yeah. um so yeah and and you know Bielitsa who's been playing really well just was complete like you know with Bielitsa and Kali Stein against Giannis and Lopez like it was I mean Lopez didn't even play well but there was really no no impact from Bielitsa um much to the chagrin of the random dude I saw wearing a Bielitsa Kings jersey, which, you know, wow. I know Bielitsa's been playing well, but like, man, like, you must have fucking, fucking bought that, like, preseason or something. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you already have a Bielitsa, like, 88 Kings jersey. Like, wow, good, good foresight. But, um, you know, Urson won the battle of the Euro stretch fours. He played well. And, you know, you just kind of go down the line. I mean, Middleton didn't, didn't shoot well, obviously. But, I mean, again, like, you just, look down the line like all the bench guys role players tony snell had another really good game shooting the ball um the the depth just was too much for for a king's team that again i mean um i don't i think they're, they're you know winning five in a row they're not that good um but uh but the, yeah they got kind of a dose of, of reality today against a team that obviously is uh is playing as well as, as pretty much any team in the league right now. Yeah, and you, you mentioned something there about Giannis, like assist hunting or not assist hunting or whatever you want to say. And like I, there, there's always a couple plays that stand out every game with Giannis. But like I thought that Connaughton one was just kind of crazy because he grabs the rebound with five point eight, weaves through like three or four kings, and the whole time like his only goal was to get an assist. And he was just trying to figure out how to do it. And Connaughton like explained after the game that he's like, I knew, you know, Giannis would probably be looking for me. And I knew there was a chance that he could get it over there. And he's like, all of a sudden I saw him start taking a couple dribbles to the right. And in my head, I was like, okay, it's coming my way. And then my defender started to like lean to the inside there started to go over towards Giannis and then he comes up and whips that pass over to me and it was just like yeah that's kind of understanding how the chess pieces are going to move when when you move with the basketball and just like a really heady play by Giannis and then there was another one I don't even think it ended up being a make like I there with Giannis he always finds a he finds a way to get underneath the basket and 
so often this year it's turned into him making a basket, but it'll be like on two or three tries or it'll be like him like pivoting, 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 pivoting. And then all of a sudden he dunks on someone because uh, he's just so long and he's gotten so strong and his core has gotten uh, to such a it's so strong that he's just like you're not moving him and he's just kind of like moving around, moving around, moving around. And then all of a sudden today he did one of those where instead of getting a dunk, he kicked it out, I think to Ursan um, and, and maybe Ursan hit it or maybe he didn't, but like in my head, it was just like, wh- what are you going to do? Like, that, like what, what are you going to do in that situation? Like Giannis at the rim, obviously shooting an insane percentage. So you, managed to get three guys down there, actually get him to kick it out. And it's like, oh, yeah, you just gave up a wide open three because those are the problems that he creates. And it's just, I mean, it's just kind of, I think, impossible for teams with the way that, you know, they spread out the floor. And then there was another one. It was one of his like transition euros uh, as like a long, a really long step, I think, with his left foot. Um, And he it was one of those breaks where he goes like one on four and there was so definitely not a lane like there there was nothing there like there was kings players like essentially shoulder to shoulder at the free throw line and all of a sudden he takes two steps and somehow he was at the rim yeah. and it's just like i don't even i don't even understand what he sees like the because there was nothing there to see. There was no like, okay, if I take a little bit of a step here with my right, then my left, that's gonna move this defender this way and create a gap. Like he just creates gaps out of nowhere and he's at the rim and you just gave up two points. Like it, it's just kind of it's kind of insane to watch. Um, because and I mean there's just not there's not really anyone else that like there's not a comparison. I've never seen someone do those type of things. Like, you know, you even, even even like modern guys, like you think of Kevin Durant, like Kevin Durant doesn't really do that stuff. Like he's a a super uber talented, uber skilled, uh, like seven footer, but like he doesn't do stuff like that. Like no one does stuff like that. And I I don't know how you prepare for it. And I don't even know like how you think through like how you're going to stop him Because if you let him get in transition, which with the way that the Bucks rebound now, where Giannis is the one grabbing it, that's pretty much anytime you miss a shot, like Giannis is going to have a transition opportunity and you better be back and you better be set up because if you're not, he is somehow going to find his way to the rim. Yeah, I was talking to to Ben during the game about this, and you know, he he's able to slither like he has kind of wiggle and slither that isn't crazy to see in smaller, like in a six four six five guy, um, but to see it in a six eleven seven foot guy. Um, you don't see it, right? That's the no. quick answer, right? You, you don't see guys who can handle the ball, control their bodies. Um, you know, I mean, he doesn't need to contort in the way that like a Kyrie Irving would just because Giannis is so much bigger. <laughs> so instead of where Kyrie needs to, you know, put spin on the ball and do like crazy different finishes, like Giannis can just kind of go up and, and finish with like a basically a normal layup or a dunk a lot of times. Um, but yeah, his, um, he, he just, you know, when you were saying like what he sees, I mean, I'm, I'm, my first thought was like the matrix, right? Like he sees the green, you know, whatever. 
that that he's just operating sort of in a different with a different level of abilities than than kind of anybody we've seen really and it was funny during the um during the tnt game on thursday i forget what play they were talking about but um and i'm sure some of our listeners will know will know but they were showing like his highlights or something like that and it was some transition play where he you know knifed between multiple guys and i think he just got a layup or something and they were asking charles and and, and shack and they're like well who you know who does he remind you of and it's like normally this is where like old school players like always want to say that somebody's like somebody else because like they have to act like this isn't the first time that the league has seen somebody because their time was also great blah 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 and i think it was i can't remember if it was charles or shack but one of them just kind of like paused for a second and they were just like at that size i don't know <laughs> like i don't i don't know you know i mean um you know the the the, the real freaks of this game you know, like when you think about like LeBron and Ben Simmons, the way they pass at their size. I mean, you can always say that that like, well, Magic passed at that size, right? They, he was as good or better than than those guys at, at passing. Um, there are things certainly that LeBron does that I don't think anybody really does necessarily, like the way he can finish with strength and, and all that. Um, but I think there's also now things, especially in the open floor, that that Giannis does, like as in what you're describing, that just they they don't. There's no precedent for this right there's no there's no video he was watching and said i'm gonna do that right this is just you know and and in some ways i kind of wonder like is the fact that he came to the game relatively late and kind of had to in some ways like has created sort of his own style um i mean he really it's it's it is sort of like you know i mean this is gonna sound kind of corny but it's kind of like an artist who just he was just born with this <laughs> and he just, you know, and not to say that there aren't like tons of hours to of drillings to, to be able to do this like naturally that like, I'm not saying he just, you know, doesn't have to practice it or whatever, but, um, but there is sort of like a, you know, like a jazz to it. There's like an improvisation to it that like, and again, it comes from hard work as well, but um, you, you don't you don't a lot of guys don't even think of doing i think the way things some of the things that that he does you know especially like the way you didn't see it tonight but like like somehow the way he like will slow down right like the way he'll like slow down his strides at the end mm-hmm. you know just just things that no 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 like you know basketball video is going to train you to do that <laughs> right like there's no there's no nobody's like no like little six two drew hanlon guy is going to teach you to do some of the things that he does but um but for him he's able to do it and he's so skilled so this was definitely like you know we spend a lot of podcasts taking Giannis for granted and i think we acknowledge as much because we're used to it and so anytime he shoots like 50 percent from the field we're like yeah he could have been better right um, <laughs> tonight was one of those games i mean the efficiency the assist, like doing everything again, like not to say the Kings are like the gold standard for defense or anything like that. But, um, but the, these are NBA basketball players. <laughs> this is a team that's been winning yeah. games. And, uh, and he just repeatedly showed you that he's, he's, you know, he's, I mean, it's, it's cliche to say he's an alien, but you know, he had a lot of moments tonight where he just looked like an alien. And if you're, if you were in the building, if you're watching on TV, like, you know, you had to just step back and just like, this guy is, we're, we're never, we, you know, Milwaukee, we're never going to see another guy like this guy. Just enjoy every minute of it. Um, because this is, this is somebody really special and, 
um, it's just really fun to watch right now. So you just hope it keeps going. Giannis was a plus 39 tonight, by the way, if you're wondering if his, if his stats impacted yeah. the box score at all. Uh, the next closest was Malcolm Brogdon at a plus 21. And uh, I would echo pretty much everything you just said. And uh, I, I told Matt Velasquez after the game that it reminded me of, and I would assume most people that have like played basketball at some point in their life have seen something like this, but it reminded me of like going like so say you're playing like pickup basketball you go to a pickup run and there's one guy on the floor that's clearly better than everyone else and during that game to entertain himself he's just like trying shit like he like he's like okay let me try to do this weird layup like let me throw a pass here like i could score every single point in this game, but like, it's going to be more fun if the people I'm playing with are having fun. So like, you know what, like I'll get them involved. Like I'll find ways to do it. And you know, I'll try some stuff along the way. Like that is what Giannis looked like today. And he was playing fucking NBA players. Like (laughs) it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, So yeah, good on us for actually uh, giving a Giannis podcast. uh, Cause we do, As we've noted, we do struggle uh, to fully contextualize just how impressive uh, Giannis is game to game and instead end up uh, complaining about small things and uh, role players and and things like that. So uh, there was your Giannis podcast, everyone. It just you want me to you want me to complain about I have something I want to complain about. Okay, I think you might think you might know where I'm going about this. It's not about any Bucks player. Um. I, again, I was watching the game live, obviously, so I haven't seen replays. I, my because uh, I'm in Wisconsin right now, I can't watch rewatch right now on NBA League Pass on my phone. Um, but Giannis was credited with one block, <laughs> and I've been in. I've mined my network of folks with the Bucks to try to have this wrong righted. Um, the only potential explanation I can think of is there's Pat Connaughton was credited with one block in the second quarter. I can't remember when it happened. I think one of the Giannis blocks, one of the Giannis blocks was on Iman Shumpert. It was very obvious, like Shumpert went one-on-one and Giannis blocked it against the yes. glass. And I thought in the second quarter, there was another play where Giannis went up, but another guy went up, another Bucks player kind of went up as well. But I thought Giannis got the block. Um, I'm trying to figure out if maybe they credit it to Connaughton or something like that. Um, so I'm trying to see if there's some way I can dig up some video of the Connaughton block. Um, for our, our, our army of Giannis, stats uh you know trackers and chasers um if any of you have the game on dvr and want to do us a solid and go back and check to see when that play happened and if it was in fact a Giannis block um or an even better want to upload a video if it is uh at me at f madden nba and i'll make sure the world sees this injustice i mean to be honest it's just like stat keepers you have an mvp candidate why are you not like, you know, keeping your head, you know, and eyes open to to him doing amazing things? Like, come on, give me a break. Who, I thought who he was. Had a, who was the guy that had the like all of the home assists, like the higher bump on home assists? Was it like CP three or yeah, Rondo Chris, or something? Chris Paul used to get that. I know in New Orleans, I think there was that. I know, I know there was a famous example of Nick Van Exel, and I forget if it was in Denver or LA, where he had like a twenty assist game or something like that, and like there were some of them were just absurd. Um, so 
Yeah. I mean, that's one nice thing about like a lot of the Giannis assists now is just because they're literally just catch and shoot threes. So there's no real question. <laughs> he had one today where Henson, he threw it out to Henson at the three point line. And that was the one where Henson um, pump faked. And then eventually like a few seconds later, like ambled in the lane and finished up and under with his left hand. Mm-hmm. And Giannis did get an assist for that. So, you know, look, there's some kind of questionable assists <laughs> that get doled out these days. Um, but blocks, I mean, blocks are rare. Like, you know, like assists are easier to get. So I feel like when you don't get those blocks, it's more annoying. The most egregious example, this is, this was, this ticked me off more than anything. So last year, I'm sure meant you, most of you recall what it was the second home game when they played Portland and Giannis had 44 or whatever it was. Yep. The game ceiling play was Giannis going up and just cleanly blocking Yusuf Nurkic. Well, I think, I think then the Bucks got the ball back, but, but that was the game clinching play, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody was like not paying attention when Giannis blocked Nurkic. Giannis was not credited for a block on that play. And I spent like two days just like being apoplectic about it. Um, <laughs> I felt really weird coming out of my mouth. I may have just mispronounced that. But um, anyway, I was really ticked off because it's just like you have one job, scorekeeper, to keep the goddamn score in the stats. And Giannis literally has a game-clinching block and you don't see it. Um, eventually, they corrected that. So I don't know. We'll see here um, if we can get this corrected as well. Because, uh, hey, man, Giannis is going to need some blocks and steals if he's going to bring home this MVP. We we got we got stuff at stake here. Um, me just because I'm weird and like stats and, uh, my, my guy, Kyle, our list, our faithful listener, Kyle, shout out to Kyle. Uh, he's got some money riding on the Giannis MVP line as well. So he's also stat chasing, uh, with me this year. So we were discussing it in the box tonight. So we gotta, we gotta make sure no, no block gets uncredited, goes uncredited this, this, uh, this season. But, um, but anyway, yeah, so pretty nice when our base, my base complaint coming out of the game is that, uh, Giannis didn't get credit for for a second I, th- I thought he might have had another bang bang play where he might have blocked somebody in the third quarter as well but um anyway so it goes there was also by the way a play where like brogdon and somebody else like kind of collided and then Giannis came away with a rebound and they gave it to brogdon and i was just like come on like i get the whole like controlled tap stuff where like you know if you control it to somebody the guy who controls the tap gets the rebound even though he doesn't catch it that was not a controlled tap by malcolm brogdon Giannis should have 16 rebounds tonight I'm going to go home, fall asleep angry, uh, Eric name. But, um, you know, I guess this is, these are the kinds of things you worry about when you blow out the Kings by 35 points. Indeed. All right. That is going to be it for us for today. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric name. This has been lockdown bucks. We'll talk to you later.